the Patriots legend will rightfully take his place among the franchise's all-time greats. Stick around. You're about to be locked in to the Locked On Patriots podcast. You are Locked On Patriots, your daily New England Patriots podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Now, hello to all of you, Foxborough faithful. Thank you once again for making Locked On Patriots a daily part of your New England Patriots coverage and also your first listen every day. Remember, Locked On Patriots is free and available on all platforms, so subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts to get the latest episode as soon as it's available. I'm your host, Mike DeBate, and I cover your New England Patriots for Patriots Country of Sports Illustrated. So reach out to me and let me know what's on your mind on Twitter at M-D-A-B-A-T-E-N-F-L. And while you're out there showing some love to the Twitterverse, please be sure to follow the Locked On Patriots account as well at L-O underscore Patriots. That's fans. Today's episode brought to you by FanDuel, official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn today to get started. That's fans. Thank you once again for joining me here today on the pod. And we've got an action-packed show for you. Claire Cooper of Pat's Propaganda and a Claire Perspective, a Patriots podcast, will be here in just a moment. Of course, lending the wisdom and counsel for what we're billing as tight end Thursday here on the pod. And Claire is going to discuss her recent tight endage analysis on some of the hidden gems in a very deep draft class of tight ends. And she and I are also going to discuss the Patriots' potential plans for the newly acquired Mike Gusecki. Here's a little hint, folks. He ain't here to block. (laughs) Fans, you don't want to miss this one as Claire brings the knowledge here in just a moment. But first, I wanted to take a moment here on Locked On Patriots to give some well-deserved accolades and praise. And that is to former New England Patriots offensive line coach Dante Scarnecchia, who received quite the pleasant surprise shortly after his arrival at Gillette Stadium on Thursday. Dante is a member of the Patriots Hall of Fame nomination committee, and they were present for the group's annual meeting get together every year at Gillette to discuss the franchise's potential nominees for induction into the Patriots Hall of Fame class this year. It's for the class of 2023. Well, the meeting started with an unexpected yet pleasant surprise when team owner Robert Kraft came in and announced that he was naming Dante Scarnecchia as an inductee into the contributor category. And at 75 years of age, he will become only the fourth enshrinee to earn induction as a contributor And that's an honor that he received a well-deserved ovation from ESPN's Mike Reese tweeting out that all in attendance got up and applauded for Dante, who was reportedly stunned by what had happened, but very much appreciated. And this could not have happened to a better guy, folks. It just really couldn't, or a more deserving guy on that team's list of great coaches that have come through here in New England. And team owner Robert Kraft was certainly uh, very much impressed by Dante and also just wanted to show his appreciation for everything he's done for the franchise. And shortly after the meeting had adjourned, Kraft released a statement praising him as one of the greatest assistant coaches of all time. And I'll read that statement for you so that way you can hear it in its entirety. Quote, 
Dante Scarnecchia is recognized as one of the greatest assistant coaches of all time. He is the first Patriots assistant coach to receive this honor, and I can't think of a more deserving person. You'd be hard-pressed to find anyone who made greater on-field contributions over his 34 seasons with us, which propelled us to 10 of our 11 Super Bowl appearances and helped us claim five of our six Super Bowl championships. He earned the respect of his fellow coaches and players, many of whom credited Dante for making them the best they could be. I am proud that his legacy will be preserved in our Hall of Fame forever. Fitting words from Robert Kraft. Um, very poignant and also very classy, much like Mr. Kraft himself. And Dante, as a six-time Super Bowl champion, um, he did retire after the 2013 season without any question. Uh, did take a little bit of time off there. Returned in 2016. But I don't think there's anyone out there in Patriots lore or really anywhere throughout the NFL that would tell you that he has not earned his reputation and then some as being one of the most respected, one of the most revered coaches, not just in Patriots history, but really in NFL history as well. 49 years coaching in pro football. That's amazing. Um, spent 34 of them in New England, joined Ron Meyer's staff uh, in 1982 with the Patriots. He did follow Ron over as the offensive line coach in Indianapolis for a couple of years, but he landed back in New England under Dick McPherson in 1991. And as Robert Kraft said, with the Patriots, Dante went on to hold the titles of special teams coach, tight ends coach, special assistant, and of course, defensive assistant. And he was named offensive line coach in 1999. He remained in that capacity following Bill Belichick's arrival as head coach and the start of the new millennium. And He's been officially on Bill Belichick's staff for five of the Super Bowl winning teams, like Robert Kraft had said, earning his sixth ring while serving as a consultant on the 2014 team that won Super Bowl 49 against the Seattle Seahawks. So no question about it. His resume speaks for itself. And he continues to gain accolades and continues to gain a lot of what uh, the praise uh, that everyone has given to him here in New England at a national level in 2015. Dante received the Pro Football Writers of America, um, the award from uh, Dr. Zimmerman, Paul Zimmerman, who used everybody knows affectionately as Dr. Z throughout the uh, uh, the football universe. Um, he was late, longtime Sports Illustrated writer, always was uh, big with the uh, with the picks, Dr. Z's picks. I can still remember those. Now having the opportunity to write for the very publication that I grew up, you know, watching and viewing um, and reading uh, is truly remarkable. So. Um, that type of praise being heaped on Dante Scarnecchia says an awful lot about him. Lifetime Achievement Award at that point as an NFL assistant coach. And in June, Dante is actually going to be honored by the Pro Football Hall of Fame as a recipient of the POHOF Award of Excellence. And that is given to those who have made contributions to the NFL, the game as a whole. He'll be among 16 recipients that will be receiving that award in June. So a lot of properly earned honors coming his way, rightfully so. On a personal level, I really could not be happier for Dante Scarnecchia. Um, I'm far from the most experienced member on the Patriots beat, but I was very fortunate to be able to get the chance to speak with Dante in a handful of group settings. And he was there at some of my best memories in terms of covering this team. Uh, they've really involved watching him coach the offensive line. You really see the joy and you really see the passion that he has for what he's done all of these years. And no matter which offensive lineman in New England that you speak with, whether it be Matt Light or Logan Mankins or David Andrews or Trent Brown, 
none of these guys can't seem to keep enough praise on Dante Scarnecchia. And that says an awful lot about it. They talk about the hands-on approach to his coaching. They talk about what he demands of his players and then what he receives in return from his players. He coaches them hard. He's coached them hard. But he also kept every single player's best interest at heart. And that's why Dante Scarnecchia is so beloved by his players, by his fellow coaches, by team ownership and the fans all over New England and all over Patriots Nation, not just in New England. There are Patriots fans all over the world that revere Dante Scarnecchia. And that's one of the big reasons why. Dante was not averse to getting in the trenches. I can tell you from personal experience, I'd watch him get down to demonstrate a stance. He'll put his hands up to try to teach a block. When it was time to run laps on that infamous hill in Gillette Stadium, the practice field, everyone who's been there knows the hill I'm talking about. Scar was right there taking one with the team, and he did that well into his 70s. So from the bottom of my heart, congratulations, Dante. From one Italian to another, buona fortuna at Dante Aguri. Um, and bottom line, folks, a well-deserved honor, and uh, it'll be my honor to be among those that will uh, watch Dante get take his rightful place in the Patriots Hall of Fame and earn his red jacket this summer. So looking forward to it. As for his impending Patriots Hall induction, folks, he's not going to be inducted alone. Uh, the committee did meet uh, and they discussed a few former Pats. According to Mike Reese, the list that they discussed were Julius Adams, Pete Brock, Chuck Fairbanks, Russ Francis, Logan Mankins, Lawyer Malloy, Bill Parcells, John Smith, Mosi Tatupu, Mike Vrabel and Wes Welker. So this to me right now, folks, is going to be interesting. The board uh, did vote to narrow the field to three finalists within the coming weeks. We'll find out who those finalists were, and then the vote goes to all of you. So keep a sharp eye on that, so that way your favorite Patriots legend will be this year's inductee into the 2023 class for the Patriots Hall of Fame. Pats fans, it is almost time to turn today into tight end Thursday here on the pod, and Claire Cooper will join me here in just a moment to do so. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our good friends over at FanDuel Sportsbook. The NBA playoffs are almost here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's secure, it's safe, it's super easy to use, and then you can bet on everything from the money line to the point scores to the threes that are drained. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more, make Every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook betting partner of the NBA. Patriots fans, thanks once again for joining us here today on Locked On Patriots, a proud part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And folks, it might be a little past the midweek point, but that wasn't enough for us to forgo a visit from our midweek monarch here on Locked On Patriots. That's right. Your favorite of mine is back today. She is a columnist extraordinaire of PatsPropaganda.com, as well as being the host of her very own Patriots podcast, A Claire Perspective, powered by FPC Patriots. Folks, whenever she puts pen to paper or voice to microphone, it's always happening, and we're glad to have her here today. She is the illustrious Countess of Class herself, Miss Claire Classy Claire Cooper. 
Claire, thank you so much for joining me from across the pond today. And I know you're excited because we're going to talk a little bit of tight endage. Actually, folks, we're going to talk a lot of tight endage because it is a subject that, to me, is an underlying factor in the New England Patriots moving forward from being a subpar offense in 2022 to being what I think could be a much better offense in 2023. Welcome back to the podcast. Oh, well, thank you. I, I think we should transition it into TE Thursday, considering what we're going to cover today. <laughs> I like it. I like the alliteration. I like that we captured the essence of what the show is going to be about, the title, the whole nine yards. Yeah, you're, you're pretty much taking over and I like it. That's good. So um, based on that information, Claire, um, folks, if you haven't had the opportunity to do it yet, definitely check out another home run piece put up by Claire uh, earlier this week regarding uh, the tight end prospects in the upcoming 2023 NFL draft. Claire, I know a lot of the scuttlebutt around New England now is going to be who's throwing these tight ends, the passes. Um, it's going to be Mac Jones, folks, uh, at least at the beginning. That's just my gut reaction. But anyway, you know, conversation for another day. We're talking tight endage here today. Claire, I know you did extensive scouting throughout the combine. You've been hard at work taking a look at potential Patriots fits, not just guys that may look good in an NFL uniform, but particularly guys that would look good in a Patriots uniform. This piece is phenomenal, folks. I want you to go ahead and check it out. Claire, when you look at this unit right now, you look at the Patriots tight endage room, but you also look at the available um, tight ends out there. We've talked about some of the higher end names on the list, but who's catching your sharp eye right now as we get closer to the draft? Because sometimes these things can change. Who are you looking at right now? Well, yeah, I mean, you referred to my piece on um, Pat's Propaganda and my draft prospects of tight end piece. Um, obviously, it was expected to be done. Yeah, as I sort of alluded to in that, the the draft stock of these individuals, particularly, um, well, all individuals in the draft, but um, the draft stock of these has, has changed considerably in regards to like the combine and their pro days. One factor um, that you'd like to put into perspective is Darnell Washington going into the combine. It was very much talked talked about that he was just a tackle, you know, kind of a glorified tackle, that sort of thing. And then he, you know, he's out there at the combine and, and all of a sudden his draft stock has really shot up. And he's he's even a tight end prospect that could be too rich for the Patriots, considering the Patriots needs in the sort of, you know, the first couple of picks we're looking at, um, as I mentioned in, in my article, I'm looking at tackle and cornerback and I know that a considerable amount of the Patriots fans also know that, you know, tackle and, and a big cornerback is something that is, you know, an extensive need on the Patriots at the moment. So the tight end tends to sort of fall down the list a little bit more, more for some than others. I'm still kind of like up there a little bit simply because I want to get a really good skill set out of this draft because, you know, the best tight end draft in sort of a decade and this, that, you know, the, the, the athletic ability that's there. So, you know, it, it's a rich class when it comes to tight endage but there are the, those handful of individuals that everybody kind of knows their names now in regards to my draft crush, crush sorry in Michael Mayer you've got like the Dalton Kincaid you've got the Darnell Washington who as I said he is shooting up the, the draft boards his draft stock so those names you know we already know about those have already been mentioned so moving along from that you've got the you know the likes of Sam Laporta who he was definitely sort of a little bit earlier on as I was watching the combine. He really is one of my sort of like second draft crushes. He's a great looking tight end. The one thing that's the slight downside in regards to as a Patriots fan hoping for, he's more of a kind of an athletic -y sort of tight end rather than a blocking tight end. And when you look at what yeah. is on the Patriots currently, it, that isn't something that they necessarily need now. 
the one thing is they may be looking at the future. So there's always that aspect of, okay, so they've got, you know, Mike Gusecki, Hunter Henry, they've, they've got the more athletic ability, pass catching tight ends, less blocking. So, you know, Hunter Henry's, you know, not bad at blocking. Mike Gusecki, you know, he's renowned for not really being a blocker. He is more of an athletic tight end. And, and some people sort of say of him as a large wide receiver. But so really what the Patriots probably, probably I say looking at is somewhere, is someone in the realms of the sort of the blocking, at least ticks the blocking box as well as sort of can be maybe a pass catcher, um, you know, good with the run game. So in regard to like Sam Laporta, as much as I really like him, you know, he's a little bit on the smaller side and he, he is a versatile pass catcher. He's got a powerful looking lower body, but again, he's not really sort of significantly out there as the, as the high percentage of blockers. And and I know that there's been, he's had a few issues with like the contested catches and, you know, he hasn't been the most successful. So unfortunately, as much as I really like him, maybe he doesn't sort of tickle the Patriots boxes. You do have the likes of Luke Schoonmaker. Now, I think this is a name that people are aware of now. So I did mention that in my article and I did, mm-hmm. you know, kind of cover him in regards to that. What worries me is that his name is banded around a lot more now. So I'm I'm sort of feeling that he's another individual that's creeping up the draft, you know, yeah, his draft stock sort of thing. Yeah, the secret's out. I don't know if he's going to be a little bit too rich, as, as we say, for the Patriots as well. So the thing with him, he, he's he's much more of a rounded tight end. He's, he's got more sort of, he's, he's tall and lean. He's more of an inline wide tight end. He's got that room to add some weight. So, you know, that that would be beneficial kind of thing. He is good in the run game, whilst not necessarily dynamic. He, he's still, you know, he shouldn't be overlooked, as I said, as a playmaker. So these names, as people are probably listening, are thinking, well, I've heard about him. And yeah, I've read about him. And yeah, you covered him, that kind of thing. So what I wanted to do sort of now is I looked even further. I went even deeper and I went even further away, if you like. So these guys may be possibly your second round guys you might be looking at these as, as this as you as your second day sort of individuals now mm-hmm. so what i wanted to do was then look that little bit step further and maybe the guys that maybe are slightly more developmental maybe the, oh i got it this time um maybe <laughs> i couldn't get it last week i got it this week yay um that's good <laughs> been working i've been working hard been working hard but no sorry seriously um yeah you know they, they maybe need a little bit more work maybe they can take the time behind the two tight ends that the Patriots have got for 2023 in regards to Hunter and Gusecki, maybe mm-hmm. picking up a guy that's a little bit more, you know, needs that time to sort of develop, as I said. So I looked at those and yeah, there's, there's plenty. There is a list of names. Do not get me wrong. The three names that I give you today aren't the only individuals that are any good. I am not saying that, but because of the considerable list that there is this year in regards to Titans, I had to kind of pick a few. So what I did was I tried to sort of look at it from a Patriots perspective. I tried to push into the whole, move away from that one guy that I just really want because he's really, really good and look at the guys that, that sort of have a skill set that would match up with what the Patriots need now. These three individuals, yes, they are developmental. They they do need work. They aren't they aren't tight end ones. I, I, I'm not sort of saying that. So sort of please understand from from you know the the perspective from which I'm coming from. However, I will give you these three names because I like the look of these three individuals. We've got now. I don't know if I'll say surname right because I kept sort of saying it the wrong way this morning. But Will Mallory mm-hmm. from yep. Miami, Miami. Um, <laughs> six foot four, 
239. He was the quickest tight end at the combine of all. He did a, a 454 um, 40 yard dash. He has got long strides. He's got a good burst off the snap. In my notebook, I will I would divulge to you. It's not as good as Mike Reese's, nowhere near. I would I wouldn't even say it was. But my notebook, my Classy Claire combine notebook had nice, nice, nice. <laughs> solid with long strides so that's I'm, I'm really technical folks as you can see <laughs> that's a little bit of a peek behind the curtain in here but well nice is the technical lost. term in football we're allowing that that's that that's that's really i think yeah we'll put that in the lexicon if it's not already all there it should be <laughs> all these categories the like the gauntlet and stuff like that was nice and then the other one was nice and, and all the different like kind of skill sets exercises that they ran he just had nice so he was he was definitely in the nice column shall we say but i mean <laughs> I did, you know, I did sort of look into him even further. His blocking is limited. And this is something that is in the kind of away column from the Patriots. He's blocking. He needs to play with more strength, more aggression. Uh, he's kind of inconsistent in, in pulling in the throw. So he's got good speed for his position, as we saw. And he's got soft hands. But it, it may be that he is more pushing towards the sort of athletic than the blocking it's something again these are guys that are going to be have work they aren't going to be starters they're going to be average backups to begin right. with that kind of thing so he's a possibility um the next one was um i did mention that this this guy in my column because he was one of the sort of the later guys i did want to mention in regards to brenton strange um from penn state you know kind of mm. local boy as such again 64 253 measuring in um sort of on the draft combine information the one thing with him is he's an explosive blocker. Um, he when he um the the combine exercise, the pushing the sled, I really watch this one really significantly. I even go back and watch it again sometimes when regards to times because it really shows you how they're gonna block. Because as soon as you hit that sled too high, it's not gonna happen, it moves up. If you need to be hitting it low, you need to have that skill set of of hitting low and pushing, and that's why kind of it really it really values the the dudes with the hand in the dirt that that sort of thing. And and he was good. He he was quite explosive. He stayed low. He did a nice job. Now he's more of a they say like an an S back kind of option. He is athletic. Don't get me wrong. When I say these guys are more of blockers, I don't mean they're just sort of slow sheds on legs kind of thing he's still got this you know he's still got enough athletic ability but he's got this toughness um and he's more of a catch and run threat his catch production is it is pedestrian he does fall along that he's a blocker and he knows it and he's good at it so now you're looking at rather than concerning with his blocking ability he's really going to perform for you in that aspect you've got to look at if you want to utilize him more sort of in, in the playmaking game and at the moment necessarily that isn't something the Patriots need to be concerned with because they've got Mike Gusecki who's sort of a lot of people keep saying you know he's a glorified wide receiver he's a really big wide receiver but whatever you want to class him as you've got that guy and you've got the Hunter Henry who is still more of a playmaker than he is a blocker so maybe Strange is someone that sort of ticks the blocking box. However, the one thing that concerns me in regards to that is then in a year, if you don't like re-sign Hunter and Gusecki and you haven't got a, that sort of slightly more dynamic guy, you, you are now stuck with just a blocking tight end possibly. So that's a sort of negative for me in regards to him. The next guy, 
and I will. I, I know that I am boring you all with all this information when it comes to tight ends, but this is so exciting. Claire, we're for here me. for the tight end. So How could you so possibly say that? Oh, I've been so <laughs> interested this morning. My morning has been. I have literally drowned in a sea of tight endage. But I, I tell you, folks, I've loved every second of it. The next guy on my running list, in a sea of tight is... endage. How poetic! I like that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Poetically, nice, nice, nice. But <laughs> moving along, the one guy that's got me a little bit excited that he's more of a later possibly round because he's got that developmental aspect, mm -hmm. because he's got work, he needs work sort of thing. Josh Wiley, Cincinnati, 6'6", mm -hmm. you know, like me, some tall guys, 248. So he's a little bit kind of on the sort of taller, leaner side. For me, he could do it sort of maybe if he bulked out a little bit more, got a little bit more sort of um, muscle. The trouble is it may slow him down. So there's always that concern. But he's a clean rope runner. He's got smooth run. He's a long gentleman. And he's an athletic athletic pass catcher. See, look, I'm getting too excited now. He's an average route runner. And, you know, he's better suited as kind of a more move blocker he has got some blocking ability but it's more of a move blocker because he's tall and because he's a little bit leaner he hasn't got the sort of um the the strength for the run blocking now if that can be worked upon if you can kind of gain that bit of muscle mass gain that bit of strength then you've got a guy who may actually be a diamond in the rough a little bit you know a bit of a don't tell anybody else he might be really good situation that the kind of shoemaker was at the beginning when we were looking before the combine so he, he he's kind of um yeah to me he's sort of dynamic he's 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 less of the in line near the line of scrimmage blocker he's unafraid to sort of like charge in though he's route running um it can become unfocused is is a word that i read in regards to that it's below average success rate at contested catches and he's as i said he's a little lean for a, for um a run blocker so he has some positives and negatives but for me He's got positives in both columns, if you like, in the blocking and the sort of playmaking, pass catching ability. So it feels like he might be one of those ones who could benefit from a year behind Henry and Gasecki and kind of come out in his second year, maybe a little bit more bulked up, a little bit stronger, a little bit more aggressive and, and able to tick all the boxes when it comes to blocking and sort of playmaking as well. So. He's had limited career snaps from what I understand. So his development could be intriguing. So, you know, he's got good speed, long strides. I, when I was watching kind of the, the YouTube highlights and this that, and the other on regards to him, he, he was getting free for someone who kind of does look sort of lean. He, he was still, he still had the strength to get free of guys and, and sort of run in for the touchdown and stuff like that. So, his leanness doesn't concern me as much as it does on a couple of the the other guys that that are listed, that kind of thing. So, but I, I got to say, I think he's kind of my dark horse now. Um, from doing the research that I did this morning, and obviously adding it to all the other research that I did for the past however many weeks we've been doing this now. Um, yeah, I think Josh Wiley is my little dark horse. So I'm keeping. I'm, I think I'm keeping my fingers crossed now that. If they go later, if they go that um, not starting tight end, more of a, you know, kind of develops into good backup with the potential of moving up to a starter. And I think that's what's key. I think that's what really the Patriots could have this season is getting a good backup with this potential to be a starter right. in the following year. So I think really he's got he's got that extra added value when it comes to that because he sort of ticks a lot of the boxes on both sides. So as I said, so. Yeah, Josh Wiley, keep your fingers crossed, folks, because Claire wants him as a patriot. 
<laughs> yeah, Wiley is a good prospect. There's no question about it. He's someone that I know we've talked a little bit about in terms of him popping up on mock drafts here on Locked On mm-hmm. Patriots, but I'm glad that you've brought him to the forefront because this is a kid that I think could assimilate well into a Bill O'Brien system. And that really is mm-hmm. the essence here, folks. Who is yeah. going to be able to come in and effectively run or effectively be able to fit into a Bill O'Brien system? You mentioned Brenton Strange earlier, and I love this pick mm-hmm. for the Patriots. This is a kid with a lot of size, a lot of athleticism, great body control, tremendous balance mm-hmm. on him. And that's something that tight ends, especially in their early stages in their careers, often struggle with. You see guys that come in that don't have a lot of great body control. Once they harness it, they can go on to great careers. If they don't, then they kind of flame out a little bit. But this is a kid that I think already comes in with that. Very much an inline player is strange. This kid's not a flex tight end. You're not going to see him do a lot of those things. Although I think he's got the athleticism to do it, but I don't think you're going to see him play a lot there. The good drive block. This is a kid that can play and be a complimentary piece. We've even seen him align Claire in fullback uh, um, alignments uh, when he was yeah. with Penn State. Uh, my good friend and, and uh, the host of uh, Locked On Auburn here, Zach Blackerby, I've heard him mention Brenton Strange an awful lot when it comes to his physicality. This guy really, really put up a lot of fight and played Auburn the couple of times that they played. So he's earning the respect of his opponents. And that's something mm. that could uh, be a, uh, a good feather in his cap well. So very, very good eye when it comes to uh, Brenton Strange. I'm glad that you mentioned him. If you don't mind, I'm going to toss a name into uh, into the mm. ring as well. Um, a guy that I'm a little surprised hasn't gotten a little bit more uh, coverage on the national level or at least in, on a local level in terms of a potential fit with the New England Patriots. And that's Cameron Watteau. Uh, I think that in a lot of ways, oh, um, this yeah. kid coming out of Alabama playing for Bill O'Brien um, he made the transition to the tight end position after his first season. He's really continued to make, I think, strides in terms of where he can be at the next level. He's a reliable player. He's a consistent player. I think he's got a good um, size for him. I know some people were saying that he measured in at the combine a little bit less than what they thought at 6'4". Uh, they're wondering if maybe he has the size to be a traditional tight end, uh, inline tight end. But um, Alabama used him in a lot of different alignments. They used him in a slot. They used him outside as a receiver. This is a kid that has a very high football IQ. And that, to me, spells a lot about the way the Patriots love to implore their tight ends. Mm -hmm. I'm also liking the fact that, obviously, he's going to fit very well into a system that's going to utilize two tight ends. If you have one that's more of a vertical threat, Hunter Henry, maybe you know Mike Gusecki in the uh, in the red zone. This is a guy that's going to be able to project well as the complementary piece, um, someone that can come in and be that type of either inline blocker or someone that can just be versatile and play wherever you need to have him play on the field. So keep your eye on Watteau as well. There's uh, definitely mm. a um, a possibility that he may be um, on the Patriots' radar. And again, the Bill O'Brien connection, you definitely can't dismiss yeah. that, folks. He knows what he can do. But Claire, you've done a tremendous job of giving us a lot of information on the <laughs> tight ends that could be on the Patriots' roster. But, folks... There is one Patriot that already is added to the list, and a lot has come out in the last previous days about how he's going to be used. That's right, the newest Patriots member of the tight endage crew, and that's Mike Gusecki. Claire and I are going to discuss in a moment recent reports about how he's going to be used and whether or not the Patriots are doing the right thing by doing so. All this and more when the Locked On Patriots podcast continues. 
Patriots fans, the illustrious Claire Clasby, Claire Cooper, the entrance of tight ended herself, <laughs> joins us here today on Locked On Patriots. And Claire, in the previous segment, you gave a masterclass on exactly who we should be watching, <laughs> who we should be keeping our sharp eye on when it comes to the 2023 NFL draft and the great tight endage prospects that they have in this draft. But the Patriots have already made an addition to their tight endage room. Yes, they've made a subtraction. We've talked about the uh, defection of Jonu Smith, uh, the uh, the trade to um, the uh, the um, the Falcons. The Falcons. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. You're welcome. See, folks, we've been doing shows together for so long. She completes my sentence. This is it. This is always this good. Is it. <laughs> I appreciate that. She knocks the brain back into alignment where it needs to be in order to complete those difficult sentences. Thank you, Countess. You're always there for me. What a great friend. Um, But in any case, um, the addition that the Patriots have made is former Miami Dolphins tight end Mike Gusecki. A lot of people are excited about this, Claire. I'm one of them because I think Gusecki brings a level of prowess in terms of red zone receiving that the Patriots just have not had in quite some time. Uh, Also, the ability to go up and make contested catches. But we're hearing reports that he may actually be utilized by the Patriots much more as a receiver than as a tight end. And yeah, I think people figured that when he came in, he's not really known as a blocker, but to say that he's going to be used primarily as a receiver, rub some people the wrong way. When you look at this report, um, started with Mike Reese of ESPN, Doug Kyatt of A2Z Sports did a tremendous job of breaking this down uh, earlier this week as well. What was your reaction to it? Are the Patriots moving in the right direction here? Yeah, I think it's just they're acknowledging that this guy isn't much of a blocker and there's nothing against that. There's nothing wrong with that. He's gone through his career like this. And I think it's just them sort of really, you know, recognizing we're going to use this guy to the to the best of his ability, as a particular uh, tight end would say. And I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with that. It's it's not, a, you know, a degrading in regards to, to Gusecki. And I think it's important that they do use him, you know, in, in the best way possible. The other thing is, don't forget, Bill is like, you know, he, he kind of keeps his cards close to his chest, mm. particularly. So... You know, have you ever considered that he's going out there saying, oh, yeah, we're just going to use him as a pass catcher just to throw everybody off so that you don't necessarily know what's going on? You know, there's there's always that element of he's not going to tell you the whole story. He may only feed you lines here and there kind of thing. So I don't think it's it's not something I'll admit as a as, as a tight end enthusiast. It, it isn't something that I'm that I'm concerned of. I may be naive in that aspect, but. To be honest with you, how it does it really matter how you brand something as long as you use it successfully? So, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, Gusecki is going to stay as a tight end. Would you imagine? I, under, I read somewhere, um, I think it was in Doug Kyed's article actually, that he foregone the um, change into a wide receiver. He, he took slightly less money to still be branded a tight end. And, uh, you know, mm-hmm. maybe it's just yeah, that the fact that he. Yeah, that was it. Maybe he just kind of wants to be in the category of tight end because at the end of the day, the one thing that sort of, if you think about it from that perspective is when you talk about successful tight ends, when you talk about statistics, when you talk about, you know, high ranking tight ends, one of the individuals that you that he's mentioned is Travis Kelsey. And we all kind of know Travis Kelsey isn't a traditional, you know, tight end. He doesn't really block. He just runs and, and catches the ball kind of thing. So, um mm-hmm. He's not a typical tight end as, as they see it, but he's still one of the tight ends that is there that people remember and think about when you talk right. about tight ends. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying Mike Gusecki is the same as Travis Kelsey. I, I'm just, what I'm trying to ascertain yeah. is, 
you you put in a guy with a certain skill set in a category that he still fits into, even if he's slightly loose. Um, and he's going to be remembered as more of a, you know, as it, because he's going to have success. He's going to have those numbers because he's going to be a successful pass catcher because that's his strength sort of thing. So, you know, it, it makes him stand out in that aspect because he is going to have those numbers or he's going to have, as I said, that success kind of like tagged to him. So personally, I'm not really worried as, as long, you know, for me, as a Patriots fan, as long as they use him and he's successful, you know, what difference does it make what we put on? I mean, we've talked about this before when we, in regards to sort of the, um, in, you know, the H-back sort of situation. It doesn't, re- you know, it, uh, sorry, full-back situation. It doesn't really matter if there's an FB on the roster, if you've got an individual who can still play to the skill set that's necessary. So I, I don't think it sort of is as concerning as maybe some people might find it I think it's good that they're saying that we know this guy is a good pass catcher and that is how we're going to use him he's a I see him 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 as a dynamic weapon as people like to say now when the Patriots signed him I was like oh no he's a he's a he's a Dolphins tight end I don't want this I don't want a Dolphin on on the team and then I kind of got over myself and looked at sort of looked at tape as people like to say and looked into it and you know he's a he's a really good NFL player and I think that it's just a case I'm just really happy that he's a Patriot I cannot wait for this season to start so that I can see him in Patriots blue catching passes from Matt Jones I don't care if you kind of don't think he sort of should be a tight end or whatever or or if they're coming out saying you know we're not going to use him as a traditional sort of tight end does it really matter? I mean, look at Johnu Smith. He's a great example. He was a tight end and they barely used him at all because he kind of didn't, they didn't know what to do and he didn't know what to do. So does it really matter sort of what letters at the end of the day, as long as they use him to the best of his ability? So yeah, I think um, it's a, it's a little bit of the trouble is we're in that kind of stage of, of the season as it technically off season that there's only so much to talk about. There's only so much to look at. And Bill only has to say a sentence and then it's like, right, let's pick this apart because that's all that's going on at the moment. So I think it's a little bit of let's not worry too much about it right now. Let's sort of see what this kid's got when he gets on the field as a Patriot. And then let's start judging whether or not we should be concerned if he's if he's only passing, catching passes even. Yeah, without question. I think you've nailed it and hit the nail right on the head as always. Uh, Mike Kosicki is not here to block, folks. He's just not. And I don't think anybody expected it when the Patriots signed him. In the in 2022, Mike only aligned as either a run blocker or a pass protector. That's both right now, folks. 20.6% of his offensive snaps were the Dolphins. That is not going to let anyone know that this guy is here to be an inline blocker. You want to give a little comparison? Jonu Smith deployed as a run blocker, just a run blocker, 56.9% of his snaps last year. So there you go. You can take a look at, you know, the difference between these two players, and you can tell that Mike is definitely brought in for his offensive prowess, and he brings that. Um, 18 touchdowns since 2019, a lot of those coming in the red zone. By comparison, Patriots tight ends have only found the end zone 15 times over the past four seasons. So there is the reason why Mike Gusecki is a New England Patriot. He gets open in the end zone, can make contested catches, and this is something that the Patriots have lacked. They just haven't had that presence here to do it in quite some time. So pairing him alongside with Hunter Henry, I think is going to give the Patriots an awful lot of pop in that lineup. And even if he is employed as a, um, a wide receiver at times, goes out he can he's aligned in the slot for Miami he's aligned 
on the perimeter and out wide. He can handle both. But at the same time, uh, when you look at pass catchers, that's exactly what he's going to do. And I think it lends ourselves perfectly into the conversation that we had in the previous part of our podcast today, Claire, and some of the guys that you've mentioned. Most of Mm -hmm. the prospects that we mentioned this morning, mostly through your research, really showed an ability to block and be a complementary piece in this offense. Even someone like Shoemaker, who might be rocketing up the boards a little bit, the Patriots may have to use earlier round draft capital to do it. This is a very deep tight end class. And you know, Mm -hmm. Murph said this on Monday, you know that Michigan guys can play in New England. They've done it before. They'll continue to do it. That may be an uh, an option for the uh, for the Patriots as well. In addition to the guys that you mentioned, like Sam Laporta, uh, we've heard Zach Kuntz as a, as a, a possibility as well. Um, you know, obviously Hunter Kraft is someone that has uh, Tucker Kraft, excuse me, <laughs> has See, uh, you know. It. There's so many names that we didn't we didn't cover those. I covered some yep. of those in my article, but because there's so much quality when it comes to tight ends, that's why I brought you the names that I did. I was trying to look a little bit further down, a little bit deeper away to the the names that have been in the spotlight at the moment because there is sort of that development. I can't say it now. Look, I can't say it. the quality that you can develop. <laughs> Psyched yourself out the first time. I know, I psyched myself out of it now. Yeah, but there is, you know, there is those prospects of develop to develop, you know, in in sort of in a year's time, which is when the Patriots may be looking at, you know, having an empty tight end cupboard. So mm-hmm. it really depends on what they sort of put down as an importance. You know, do they want a guy that they can put on the field this year that can play, you know, tight end two or whatever, and and they you know swap Gasecki and Hunter around because although Gasecki, as we as we discussed, is isn't really a blocker. Don't forget, he still has the aspect of tight ended, so he, he is still going to be out there occasionally, as 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 you've mentioned. So right. he it's still going to throw defenses as what is Gasecki out there to do. So it, it's more than likely that he's out there to to be a pass catcher, but you don't always know because he still has a little bit of prowess when it comes to that kind of thing. So do they want to switch those guys out and bring someone in that can right. be more of a starter like the, you know, like the Michael Mayer or, you know, that kind of thing, the really top guys, which I doubt they'll get because it's round one, that sort of thing. But do they want someone that they can plug and play as they like to say, or do they want someone that can sit behind the likes of Gasecki and Hunter and sort of grow in their role, you know, um, improve on what then, you know, their, their weaknesses are, whether it be a little bit of the blocking or whether it be a little bit of the pass catching, you know, maybe they need to get stronger hands, that kind of thing. So are they going to utilize that year that they've got Gasecki and Hunter on contract to, to sit somebody behind and take one in the in the later later rounds and, and that's why I sort of I mentioned the names that I did because those are more of those sorts of individuals we're already sort of seeing what the what the guys are that are more plug and play um it's been out there it's kind of been covered more you know more and more recently because the draft stock has been shooting it when it comes to tight ends so mm-hmm. you know that, that that's why to, to to look at those and that, and that's obviously why we've discussed it today really Without question. And I think that's the brilliance of your piece and bringing guys that are not necessarily at the top of mind, top of the list and guys that the Patriots would consider plugging into the top spot at the tight end position for a number of years. Mm-hmm. It's guys that can come in and play complimentary football. And if they yeah. are indeed going to extend Hunter Henry, which we don't know if that's going to happen, or if they sure. plan on bringing Mike Gusecki back after his one year mm-hmm. deal expires yeah. at the end of 2023, you're going to need complimentary pieces, guys that can come in and be that solid tight end two in the two tight end sets. And when yeah. we talked about Brenton Strange and you talk about someone like Cameron Latu from uh, Alabama who played for Bill O'Brien, who has the experience of being a complimentary tight end type piece, 
guys that have that uh, versatility uh, to do that, it makes perfect sense that the Patriots may be looking there. And of course, of course, Josh Wiley as well. And Mallory, <laughs> and Mallory as well. I think you and made Mallory, very, yeah, very yeah. good points about the strides and what he's able to do. So mm. these guys have that ability and to cultivate it and be able to put it out there on the field. Will Lying this year, I think, is going to be um, you know, very happy with the group that he has uh, and the versatility that he has uh, in terms of coaching the tight ends. And uh, when he ever needs a little extra information, who's a better consolidator than Claire Cooper? That's the one person that you'll go to for all of your needs when it comes to tight endage. Claire, what can I say? You always knock it out of the park. You've done it again today. Folks, once again, please check out Claire's piece on thepatchpropaganda.com. You can check that out and definitely get an education, a masterclass, like I said earlier, in tight endage. And never miss the opportunity to download, subscribe to, follow a Claire Perspective of Patriots podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Claire, before we take our leave from our adoring public today, is there anything uh, that you would uh, like to leave them with or anything that uh, you would like to inform uh, them to be sure to check out in the coming days, in the coming weeks from the great voice or the great pen of Claire Cooper? Well, thank you very much, Mike. Keep a sharp eye on patspropaganda.com. Obviously, there's my tight endage article that's out there now if you haven't already read it. Myself and Tom, the the, the other half of patspropaganda.com now, we, we're going to do um, a bit of a fun mock draft thing going out sort of maybe next week. So there'll be a bit of fun in regards to, you know, our mock drafts then. So please, you know, check that out for, for a bit of a laugh and that could be fun for us to get together and do that. So that, that should be kind of cool to collaborate with him and, and bring you a bit of fun prior to the actual draft. And my latest episode of a Claire Perspective should be out over the kind of you'll get it by the weekend because obviously with the Easter bank holiday and stuff over in the UK. Um, yeah, it, it is coming, folks. So a Claire Perspective, the, the next episode should be out kind of kind of soon. And keep your eye on a Claire Perspective because I will be doing a pre-draft show with my lovely assistant Chudders. So we're we're trying to pencil it in the diary to get it in to to bring you something pre-draft so that we cover all sorts of things. Obviously not just tight ends because you know we cover that. I cover that extensively for you. But so yeah, that that should be kind of some good fun as well. So and obviously you can get me on the bird app as you as you all know now at Twitter at Clazy Claire. Absolutely, folks. Once again, whenever she puts pen to paper, voice to microphone, you want to check it out. You're more informed, you're more entertained, and you're just a better person and it brightens your day. And that's exactly why we continue <laughs> to bring Claire back, the knowledge, the wisdom and counsel, the whole package. So on behalf of the illustrious Claire, Classy Claire Cooper, I'm Mike DeBate. Folks, thank you so much for making Lock on Patriots the daily part of your New England Patriots coverage and hopefully your first listen every day. If today was your first listen here on Locked on Patriots, please do yourself a favor and make your second listen. Our good friends over at Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes. My good friends and colleagues, Kyle Krebs and Joe Marino, two of the best guys in the business, professionally and personally, folks, even though they've got some not-so-complimentary things to say about our favorite team in Foxborough, still give them a check. Still give them a listen because they are the best when it comes to breaking down step-by-step -step what it takes to form a organization and to form a franchise here in the nfl so you can catch them wherever you get your podcasts and of course while you're doing that please don't forget to subscribe to or follow locked on patriots wherever you get your podcasts and on youtube on behalf of claire classic claire cooper i'm mike debate thank you folks continue to stay safe stay well be the change you wish to see in the world have a great day everyone and we'll see you tomorrow right here on locked on patriots